What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Big Trent, on another episode of Real Convos, where we have real conversations with real people. Sometimes the real person is just me. But, you know, you know, you, you get some people in who got a little schedule, got a little time in there. You, they can etch you into their schedule so you, you can put them on the show. But um, I'm so happy to have y'all here with me for another episode. A lot of y'all have been following me. I'm so happy that I do got a little following. You know what I'm saying? It ain't, it ain't thousands. <laughs> more like hundreds. <laughs> hundreds. But if y'all catch the YouTube on last week, I was talking about the the five ways to increase your self-love for yourself. So it was a great segue for today's episode of Do I Need Therapy? You know, I, I, I think this was a great topic and it was real good on vid iq um it's the software that i use to help you grow your your platforms <laughs> but <laughs> it was something that i wanted to talk about so i had i was like, like who can i get on here who can i to get who do i know that's a therapist that can really talk about it and that is passionate about it um that wouldn't be so dead um you know i wouldn't have to pull nothing out who likes to talk who who likes to talk so i <laughs> so i'm so glad that i got my sister my big sister she's my god sister is what i call her um because she got a little more god than me <laughs> she's got a little more god than me but it's okay her and her husband are like my spiritual big brother and big sister, but I didn't bring them on because they, ne- they're, you know, their spiritual name is Elder Petties. But in the profession, she is a therapist. So y'all give it up for the one and only Angie Petty. <laughs> <laughs> I love this little boy, y'all. <laughs> What's up, Angie? What's going on, Trish? I'm so glad that you're getting. Now, look, I'm going to give you some tempos because Pastor was on my show. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, he kept hitting this dog on his table. Okay. And it's, it must be a preacher thing. And I know you preach, so I'm going to give you a warning. Don't hit your table. <laughs> Just do not hit your table. I know y'all like to use your hands, <laughs> but when you hit your hands, the mic picks that up. So please do not hit the table. I got it. Okay. So y'all heard me say don't hit the table. So when y'all hear like she beatboxing, it's because she hit the table. So don't put that on me. Don't put that on Trent. Do not. But anyway, Angie. What are you? What do you do? I am a licensed marriage and family therapist. <laughs> so y'all see, I brought somebody who do therapy. So I, I you know, I get these good peoples, y'all. Y'all, that's why y'all need to tune in because maybe one day I'll be able to pay these guests. I'm not. I'm really not. Even when I have money, I'm not paying nobody <laughs> to come on the show. But anywho, so Angie, what would you say are the signs that you need to go talk to a therapist? Well, one of the first signs is if you're thinking about talking to a therapist, you probably need to talk to one. A lot of time we kind of second guess our first gut about the situation and think, well, I don't really need to talk to to anybody. Well, if you thought about it, then you probably need to. Mm. Well, you know, I, you know, I I think a lot of people, especially in the black community, and I was going to talk about it lately, have these hangups. With therapy, have you what, what what would you say some of the hangups that you have heard through your you know your tenure in therapy that prevents people from coming to talk to somebody? Well, one of the first things people think that it is inaccessible. Mm-hmm. Most people are like, well, it's expensive, and I can't afford to go to a therapist right now. Or some other things is, well, I don't know if I can find somebody who can relate to me. Mm-hmm. Or, um, well, I don't think that you know I need to talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. 
I, you know, I, you know, a lot of people don't know this, but I'm gonna put that out there. Brief, I briefly worked in mental health. Three years, let's put that out there. Three years, I was a mental health specialist, and I saw a number of mental diseases and uh, mental illnesses that I was unaware of. I think mm-hmm. my perspective of mental illness was one rooted in church. <laughs> Two. I had a uh, pretty much umbrella of what crazy was. I, I I labeled crazy to be a lot of other things, but a lot of pe- like a lot of people don't know mental illness stretches with al- alcoholism, yep. addiction, food addiction. It is not just you know people who are bipolar or schizophrenic. You know, it is a lot. It's an array of of things that people dealt with. One of those things were uh, depression. Yes. Like I I never like I'm not. I just recently knew what I guess that's the problem definition of what things are. Right. Like I didn't, I didn't think I were, was ever depressed mm-hmm. until I really got into mental health. I said, well, I do get depressed on some things, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And I think that's a lot of the people's problem is that we don't know how to recognize, right. you know, what this is. And we just be dealing with it. Like just going through the motions, wondering why things ain't working out. Like, and that's why I was like, we need to bring a therapist on so people can, you know, look, can hear from you to say, look, you know, if you if you don't feel like you can get out of bed, that's not normal. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so if you got to eat food to feel good about yourself, that's not normal. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, I, you know, I deal with things all the time. But so, Angie, like, how what have you seen in your tenure as far as, like, illnesses that have been more than others like have, which compare wise since you've been in the business and I'm a, I'm going to say business as a vernacular because <laughs> it is a business <laughs> but I don't want to make it seem like it's all about the money right but in this business what was like how, what would you say is like the top mental illness that you have really dealt with even though what you're dealing with mental you know with family and and um what is it family and marriage yeah, I deal with couples mm-hmm. um families and individuals mm. So one of the biggest, well, the top couple of things that we that I see is depression and anxiety, and along with depression is trauma. Uh, so it's trauma, depression, and anxiety. Those are the main three that people come in with. So does you said trauma, depression, and anxiety, and anxiety. Yes. Okay. Will you define? what anxiety is because I think a lot of people deal with that like I I ain't never heard that word so much lately <laughs> I ain't know sometimes I used to think that people just be saying stuff because they yeah. see it on TV mm-hmm. like like is that you know let me go with that first question now I'm gonna follow up with the question I was gonna okay. say so what was the what's anxiety like defined as well I can't give you the text don't give me the textbook cause right I now half so the stuff I don't do is textbook, <laughs> so. so when we look at anxiety um I'll give you a situation so when there's um excessive fear about something so you'll have people who have a fear about speaking in public right um and some people get it to a point where they their um nervous system is so overwhelmed that they kind of fall back or they kind of shut down. And so most people think, well, I'm just dealing with stage fright, Um, not understanding that that is a form of anxiety because anxiety comes in different forms. It doesn't look the same with everybody. So in depression, can you give me the, the, let's say the the hood term for (laughs) depression so people can kind of see, okay, this is what I know. Okay, I didn't know I was, this was actually depression. Will you give me like a breakdown? So depression is, um, 
this this excessive feeling of sadness, feeling hopelessness, feeling like um, when you when you used to get excited about things, those things no longer in, excite you. Mm. That's when you know you're kind of dealing with some some form of depression. Lord Jesus. Okay, and then you said trauma. Trauma. So trauma. I mean, I'm I'm putting drama and trauma together. I can hear it when I say it. Like I can hear. I can hear when I say drama, trauma, trauma with trauma. the T, y'all, with the T, trauma with the T, yes, not drama with the D, as in uh, reality TV. <laughs> so look, so dra- so trauma. Uh huh. What would that be? What is an example of what you 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 dealing with trauma? So trauma is very individual based. Um. So some forms of trauma include verbal abuse, physical abuse, emotional abuse, financial abuse. Financial abuse. Financial abuse. What do you mean? Somebody smacking you with money? No, that <laughs> it's like you just hit me in my mouth. So with that's some money. when someone is controlling the finances and not allowing you any access to it. So it's a form of control of them, kind of limiting what you oh, can do. Like where you gonna go? Because I'm paying all your bills. Right. Type stuff. Right. Dang, yes. I never even thought about that. That's that's a that's a new terminology for me. <laughs> like it is like. Financial trauma, like mama. You well, financial me. abuse, yeah, it's a form of, you it's a form of trauma. I'm going to say that. I'm going to say, mama, you remember you wouldn't let me go do to that. the circus and I wanted it because you said you weren't giving me the money. That's financial that trauma. That's not I'm going. financial That's abuse. That's financial tra- abuse. It was not true. And I should have known it back then. I would have called the people. Mama Green, I did not say that. <laughs> so, okay. So, this leads me to my next question. Mm-hmm. Like, do you feel like because Hollywood has now kind of put a spotlight on mental illness at a at a heightened level. Like, I ain't never really heard the word suicide so much in the, until the last, I would say the last seven years of my life. It has been really pushed, like, and, and, and trauma and anxiety and depression. I be feeling like this stuff was not around as much until... TV and media and 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 news and all of that pushes it out. Is it was it just because people was not identifying it, or was it because do you feel like people are just adding this stuff because they hear it? So oh, I got anxiety for that type. Like cause I be feeling people just be saying <laughs> stuff to make themselves be complex. Like like it's like me. Okay, for instance, I give you an example. I go to the restaurant, and when I go to the restaurant, I always ask for a water with lemon, lime, and mint. Now, I know most of the restaurants in Fayetteville is not going to have mint to put in my water, most of them. But I saw it on the show, and they was real fancy, so I was like, I want to be fancy when I go somewhere, too. So I asked for it in the sense that it makes me look fancy. So I be feeling like people be saying these mental illness stuff because they just want to feel like they're complex. Like they want somebody to say, oh, you know, oh, you know she has anxiety. You know, she has now, and that might be an ignorant thing to say, but I do be feeling like people just be saying stuff like suicide. You know, people like kids just be saying suicide because, oh, mama paying attention more to this person, and now I got to do something to put the light back on me. And Mm -hmm. so dumb, I feel like killing myself. And I don't want to say that to dumb nobody now, but sometimes people just be saying stuff. Now, is that a true thing, or is that just me being crazy? So what has happened is we didn't have the tools to identify what it was before. Mm. So Hollywood did kind of shine a light on it um, in some aspects. So it became, people became more aware Mm -hmm. of that, okay, what I'm dealing with is not normal. Right. So 
Hollywood kind of made us aware that these things exist and it's not normal. Like other people deal with this. It's not just me. So I, I get you. I, I do. I, I thank God for Hollywood showing that we do need mental health. But sometimes I feel like parents are not our, I, I say parents are not as um, protective when it comes to their eye gates and ear gates of their children. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of parents, yeah, they own it. No, you can't watch that. They got little locks on TV. I know my mama did not have no locks on TV. It was a lot of stuff I should not have been watching. BET uncut. Thank you, BET. That's how I knew about Treat. a woman. But, <laughs> but mama, I'm not. I'm not trying to put you out there. I'm just saying, mama. Like, I'm just saying, there are some parents that just don't. They got so much th- other things to worry about that they don't. They don't. That's the least of the things that they worry about. Because when you have financial problems, you're not too much concerned about what your kids is watching until it becomes a problem. So I feel like a lot of the things that we're dealing with, this influx of depression and suicide, is because the kids is watching it. Like, I even felt like that with with people, kids telling me at 7 years, 12 years old, you gay. I'm like, how do you know that? You you, You haven't even been with a woman. Or man. So how do you know that's what you is? But because of media, they have accepted these things. Like, oh, I felt that one time. So that's what I am. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that is also true that sometimes it is that, that, you know, that some thoughts just get put in there that may not be that. And they just, some people use it as an excuse to get attention. Or is it really, you know, or is it just way depending on the person? So it is twofold. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes it is the attention being brought to it. So right. some people know that if this is going to get mom's attention, then I'm going to put it out there. Mm. But in other cases, let's talk about like suicide. Um, what we know is that once someone witnesses or experiences suicide, then they are, it increases the individual's chance to chance or um, ideology about suicide. So you, that's why when somebody especially a, a celebrity commit suicide, that's why you'll often see more rises in cases of suicide because mm-hmm. I don't want to say, but I guess if you look at it like it could be, if we're looking at this from a religious mm-hmm. um, perspective, it could be a spirit. Right. So seeing seeing this thing is like, okay, it encourages the behavior in some right. aspect. because some, But some people already have those behaviors. So someone committing suicide or having um, different diseases may just make people more aware of what they're already experiencing. Mm. So is therapy the cure to mental illness or is it something to help cope with mental illness? Because I think one of the reasons why I didn't, I don't believe I pursued it because I did have a knack for it, but I think it's because I was crazy too. I ain't going to lie. I, I have some things. I feel like that spirit recognized spirit type situation but because i like i literally could talk to anyone with any mental illness you know some people were for the i'm gonna say further down the spectrum that you could not kind of resonate with but you could kind of help it, them in a routine is it, it's the word that i'm gonna say but is therapy a cure and like i said before is because i seen the same people cycle in like we get them at a level of, uh, what is the word, competency, mm-hmm. <laughs> a level that the doctor felt like they were okay. Right. And then 
three weeks later, they were back into the hospital. You know what I'm saying? And right. it was like, like I'm tired of dealing with the same people because I'm like, is it is it working? Like, we're giving them these medicines. They go on a group. You know, we had group, which some of the groups was not, in my, in my <laughs> opinion, was stupid. It really wasn't, like, I thought group was a little more than I thought it was, you know, maybe in my expectation of what I thought group was mm-hmm. should, should be. It's maybe not their actual job, and right. I, I'll give them that. But in my honest opinion, I do not feel like the group was helping at all. But <laughs> I do not. But I just felt like is this just another thing where people have a mistrust with the medical, like because if people get healed, what's the point of the doctor, or what's the point of the you know if people are actually getting fixed then money's going to be lost. But if I can just get this person to this point and have them come back, oh, that's another check. Because I, oh, I was seeing people's getting paid, you know, med- the medication people, the doctors, myself included, because I get a check for them coming in. But is it a cure or is it just a coping thing, like helping you to cope with this thing that you're probably going to be stuck with? for the rest of your life or something that you are going to be stuck with for the rest of your life. So this is the beautiful thing I think about therapy is that we are not, we don't practice anything. So we don't benefit out of the client coming back. You Mm. coming back to me does not benefit me because it tells me that the tools that we were working with were not effective. Mm. So for us, we kind of, first off, therapy is not a cure all. It will never be. Um, that's why most times when you have clients who come in, um, therapy alone is not the, it's not the answer. Sometimes there is medication that's needed in conjunction with it because the client may not be able to function without medication. Mm. So then we have, we, we run into this aspect of, um, whether to encourage medication in some aspects, which most clients are like maybe repulsed by, but may actually need medication. But then there's this other, um, the other aspect of your question is coping. Um, we ca- we want to give you tools, clients tools to help them cope with things so they can be more um, proactive than reactive when something comes up. So like, right. like let's say we're talking about anxiety. We don't want you to be um, reactive to it. We want you to be proactive. So when you recognize those symptoms are coming or you recognize certain triggers that get you there, you're able to implement coping tools that will help you to ease some of that anxiety that you may be feeling. So we don't benefit from you coming back. I mean, if many therapists would tell you we're not in this for the money because if we were, it, it would be a lot more expensive than what it is. Exactly. I, bet. Um, I have never spoken to a therapist. Well, let me. I'm gonna put this out here because I don't work for that company no more, so I don't have to worry about getting fired. Um, I was shot at maybe a year ago, mm-hmm. a little over a year. Um. And I said, I ain't never, like I said, I've never been through therapy, never talked to a therapist other than somebody that was my coworker at the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, I said, well, you know, I got shot at, the, the gentleman was white. I was like, now listen, I'm going to have to play this thing up. And, you know, play this thing up in the courts. You got to go therapy. They got to say you've been through th- some things. Right. So I, I did. I scheduled an appointment with the West because I knew I wasn't affected. But for, for a for a court case, there are certain things that you have to do in order for you to get paid. And I do not condone these people. Please do not go see the therapist if you don't really have a problem. But <laughs> but I did go to the therapist uh-huh. so that I could get it. So they could, die. well, 
I want to know if I did have some problems. First of all, because I was kind of curious about therapy. Mm -hmm. And the lady was nice. We had a good conversation. She asked me, how did I feel about the shooting? And, you know, she said, uh, what else did she say? She said, have you had any, like, dreams or Mm -hmm. had any flashbacks? Or how do you feel when you go down a similar situation or a similar environment? I thought the questions were spot on. Now, yes, I fluffed some of them questions so I could get a check. I put that out there. People do not judge me because you done did some things for a chick that you don't want to be talked about. (laughs) (laughs) You done did some things. So let's not talk about it. Let's not judge people. But I I would say that experience made me like, maybe there's some other things I can talk about because I ain't going to lie. I feel like a lot of the things that we deal with really comes to a self-reflection of oneself. And the things, you know, like I say to me, and this is me just being honest, I have dealt with my weight from, I would say, from high school to now. And I like to eat. God knows I love food. I love food. I mean, maybe not love. I have a strong relationship with food. (laughs) But I do, I have had problems with, you know, my weight and how I see myself. Mm-hmm. So maybe, and, and I say this to everybody, that the way we feel about ourselves is always seen on the outside first. So sometimes I feel like because I'm overweight, there is something in me that I do need to talk about, that I'm using food as a cope coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of us do. I, I, I know a lot of people do. It, it, it is one of those factors that if you eat this brownie, you're going to feel good. I don't care what nobody say. But maybe in my mind, food is my drug where somebody else may be using painkillers or alcohol. And it made me want to say, I do need, maybe I do need to talk to about Now, my pride, I do not like telling people I got problems. <laughs> I, I do not like telling people I got problems. I don't like to look like I got problems. I, don't, I just do not like the sense of people thinking I'm a weaker state than what I am. And I know that is a problem. Because <laughs> <laughs> here I'm thinking about all the questions that I want to ask you. You can. <laughs> I don't care about doing my therapy on live. I'm not. I'm not. I don't care about that. But you ain't going to make me cry. That's what you ain't going to do. You ain't going to make me cry on my show. But I, I literally, I just, my thing was, I just felt like I don't want to seem weak. I don't, I don't never want to seem weak. Yeah. People that know me. I think some people think I got everything together. And then some people get mad when I don't tell people stuff or not go through stuff. I remember one time, like, I told you I went through a depression um, because of where I wanted myself to be mm-hmm. and where reality was. Right. And sometimes your your vision and your reality don't meet up, and yes. now you get into the state of frustration. And then frustration turns into, to, to, for me, depression. And then I'm irritable. Mm-hmm. Well, that frustration part is it, irritable. The depression part means I just want to be left alone with my thoughts. Mm-hmm. And people would say to me, Trent, that's dangerous. And I'm like, I ain't going to hurt myself now. I love me too much to hurt me now. I ain't going to lie to you. I ain't <laughs> jumping off no building. You ain't going to. If that come up in the news, y'all need to call the FBI. <laughs> that is a lie. I love me too much to hurt myself. So if y'all hear that, you're treating suicide, that's a cover-up. Find out who killed me. 
<laughs> but Trina, that's it, but exactly to your point there is a lot of people think that depression is something else. Mm -hmm. So we, like you said, we often think, well, I'm not crazy. I would never kill myself thinking that that's all that depression is. Right. That's not all that depression is. It, it encompasses different things. If you are in this place where you're isolating yourself for extended period of time, periods of time, yeah, you may be dealing with some um, symptoms of depression, but also, you know, kind of what you're saying when you went, when you said you had to go to the therapist because of the, the court case, mm -hmm. what happens is therapy doesn't work if you're not honest. So you can come in and have all the intention about what you want this to look like. But if you're not honest with the therapist about what you're doing, what you're experiencing, then the process is not going to work mm. because it's all in you doing the work outside of the session. That's going to be a great clip for my propaganda for this show. Like, you did really good with that. I ain't going to lie to you. Like, that's what my mind be at, y'all. That's what my mind be at all the time. But you are so right. If you don't go to therapy with the mindset and the expectation to be honest with oneself. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, you don't really know this person. I, most likely, I wouldn't choose somebody. And, and this is going to bring me to my next subject. I'm, I wouldn't choose somebody that I know. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because it's a level of familiar, familiarity there. And we all say we got people that we trust. But in all honesty, I feel like everybody has a, a sense of mistrust with certain people. Because in our past, we've told people something and they've brought it back in our face. Mm -hmm. That's the one thing I, I give therapy is whatever I tell you in this room, you can't say nothing because I'm going to get paid. <laughs> I'm going to get paid. And I was going to say get paid young N-word, but... Angie don't like that word because you don't want her children to know. Thank you. Y'all y'all know that's my favorite word because I don't get to cuss. So, <laughs> so that is my cuss word. <laughs> but which brings me to another, to another subject ab about being comfortable with the therapist. Mm -hmm. Like la the, the last couple of years has been this big push about black mental health, about right. making sure that you, your mental health is on a level and getting a black therapist. Do you promote that or is that something? Because honestly, I, I'm going to put this out here. I love my black therapist. I love you. I love a lot. I know a lot of therapists and I didn't know I knew so many therapists to be honest with you. <laughs> All these problems that I have and I'm surrounded by these mental, these people that probably know what I got and just ain't said nothing because I ain't asked them nothing. But I will not go to a black therapist. I will go to a white one. And the reason why I will go to a white one is because, in my mind, I ain't got to impress these people. It's something about <laughs> black people having to impress other black people. Like, literally. Like, I don't have, the white people, I don't I don't feel no way. You, I don't care what you think about me. In all honesty, I don't change nothing about Trent. When I go places, like, I have sat in front of CEOs. I have sat in front of, of business owners that own mil millions of dollars. And I'm still Trent, and people respect that. But it's something when I get around black people, I got to have an expectation. And I don't know where that come from. Mm. Don't be asking me no questions. <laughs> this is not therapy. But <laughs> I'll be feeling like I can be whatever I want to be uh -huh. with the white person. Uh -huh. But with the black person, I feel like I got to be this polished image of oneself. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like I have to be Trent the podcast host, Trent the business owner, Trent the praise and worship leader, Trent the, the guy that got it all together. But with white people, Certain white people, I still have to be those four people, but regular white people, I, you don't, I don't feel like I have to. I, my first experience with that is in high school. I went to a school that was kind of 
right in the middle. Mm-hmm. Black, white, Indian, uh, and Indian from India, not Native Americans. Y'all need people need to learn difference. I'm sick of y'all. <laughs> Where I hung out with white people and I hung out with black people. When I hung out with white people, I ain't I could have them on skips. They didn't give a god dog. Black people, ooh, what you got on? You ain't got no J's on. You ain't got no Negroes. You poor. You poor. You know what I'm saying? You broke. <laughs> Why you got them jokes on? You know what I'm saying? So I think maybe that's the root of it. Yeah. But still, but like, okay, I'm going to go back to your question because I went down my lane. I feel like I'm in a therapy session right now because I'm not doing this for me. It's for y'all. It's <laughs> for y'all. Do you promote black people? getting black therapists why do you why or why not do you do that so for me it is whoever you feel comfortable with most clients um that i have even those who have been with white therapists have transferred to me a black therapist because their experience has been i don't like i don't feel like i can be myself in Mm. there i feel like i have to talk a certain way i have to react a certain way or i have to say things a certain way i try to find the right words to say this because they don't understand they can't relate Mm. And so my my thing is when you are looking for a therapist, make sure it's somebody that you can be comfortable with. So if you feel that you as a black person will be comfortable with a white therapist, by all means, do what works for you. But I don't um, <laughs> like I tell yeah, I even tell some of my clients now who come in, um, I may not be a good fit for you. And if we're if we're going down the line in therapy, we could be sessions in and you may say, you know what, this ain't working for me. I'm okay with that, and I will do my best to find you a therapist that works for you, that who is a good fit for you, because it's not about the money to me. It's about making sure that you get the help you need. Mm. I'm telling you, I'm going to find me a white lady named Rebecca. Maybe her name would be April. I don't know. I don't know. I'll try. You know, I do feel like I do need to go talk to therapist, somebody, you know, and I think, like I said, people, it, you know, when you need to go talk to somebody. And right. most of us do need to go talk to somebody, even if we're okay. Sometimes we are so reactive, mm-hmm. like we wait till life crumbles. Yes. Or a particular situation happens. And then all of those secret skeletons that we have buried or put in the closet started to flood back. And then we go talk to somebody. Maybe we need to start talking to people before we get to that point. Absolutely. That is what I would encourage. So what I find is, especially people who's, who come to therapy when they're in crisis, mm. that's when the issue has already reached its max point in your life and you mm. can no longer handle it. Mm. So you're already coming to therapy with this heightened sense of urgency, of needing something to be done and expecting the therapist to fix it. Our job is not to fix anybody. Mm. Our job is to help you locate the resources that you already have and have been using so that you can utilize them in a way that better benefits you moving forward. I'm going to make a thousand views off of this. <laughs> I don't know how many downloads I'm going to get, but girl, you was on it. I just saw the clip. I just saw the clip, y'all. But anywho. You a mess. <laughs> but still people like, okay, so for those people, because we had 30 minutes and most of my things are not that long, which I'm I'm, deba- I'm praying on that, that I need to start extending it because 20 minutes is just not enough time. Um, What are the steps to obtaining a therapist? Like, mm-hmm. okay, first we talked about recognizing if you need to go talk to somebody. Right. And sometimes talking before the tragedy. So we did say, yes. sometimes you need to be proactive and say, hey, 
there are some things that I've been dealing with right. in my past that I do want to talk to before I get to this level. Mm-hmm. So if it's just a little push of the button, maybe that's your time to go talk to someone. So recognizing that you everybody need to go talk to somebody. And let's talk to somebody that's licensed, yes. not your life coaches, and your pastors, which don't get me wrong, the pastors is great. I got a great spiritual leader, but there are some things that they are not equipped to deal with. Right. They are spiritual. And this is what I got to tell people because I'm a spiritual person myself, but there's a spiritual and there's a natural. And sometimes they intertwine. Yes. But when you're dealing with a natural, your natural mind, how to be competent, how to go through life's problem, you can't just, sometimes you can't just pray them things out. Right. That, you know, in the Bible even says prayer, I mean, faith without works is dead. Mm-hmm. And sometimes your work is going to go talk to a therapy so he to a therapist so he can give you a workbook so you can do some work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so go talk to somebody that's one license, that's one that deals in maybe a particular area. Because there are different special uh specialists, like she was saying that she does family. Now she does an array of other things, but I think she spe- specializes in marriage and family, right? Yes. So there are sex therapists, there are there are different pieces of therapy that you may need to go talk to that specific person that has that speciality. So that's the first thing, recognizing that you do it. Now, what's next? Well, after we recognize, I need to go talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. What? Where do we go from there? So then you can go to places like Psychology Today to look up what area, what area you're in to see what therapists are available. Or you can also just type in therapists in my location, and it'll pull up different um, pri- private practices or clinics within your area that you can go um, call and get information from. So the next thing, once you find a, diff- a place, then you make the call, yes. which is a <laughs> one of the biggest issues with clients is they, they, they find it, but then it's the, okay, actually making the call to see what services will look like. And then the next thing you have to do, be willing to do is which what I want to encourage everybody, because like we talked about in the beginning, everybody thinks therapy is inaccessible. It is not. There are people who do um, therapy pro bono. What? So there are like people who like me who were, in, who were in school were interns. We need hours in order to graduate. So we see clients pro bono. So that means you're getting a student who's in therapy, who's studying therapy right now under the supervision of people who have been in therapy for 10 to 20 years. Mm -hmm. So you get this person who is new coming up in the field, just got out of school with all the, um, the latest research and knowledge who can see you for free. So the one, when you call them, you're looking for services, ask, ask around if they, if they offer pro bono services, if they have an internship where um, clinicians will see clients for free. Also, so then looking at, okay, what does, when you make that call, if they don't have pro bono, ask them if there's a sliding scale. Mm-hmm. Now explain what a sliding scale So is. a sliding scale, what it looks like for, like with me. So I have a different range of what clients pay me. So sliding scale can be from someone who is on fixed income paying $25 for a session. Mm. And I would I would hope that most of us can agree that $25 for a session is, gas I mean, is it's, more, it's money. Yes, it's more expensive, but your mental health is worth more <laughs> than gas. Right. Let's just put that out there. Right. So then reaching, making that phone call to, to kind of make that connection. And then after you make the phone call and you're in touch with somebody, do the paperwork. Finish the paperwork. <laughs> You don't know how many clients who have reached out for services with me but have not finished the paperwork. And then after so long, the front office will just de- delete your file mm-hmm. because there are so many other clients coming in that who want to get seen. So once you make the phone call, 
Do the paperwork. Do the paperwork and then come to your session. Please come to the session. <laughs> because a lot of clients will get that once they, I, some, I don't know what it is. Sometimes I don't know if it's the fear of, okay, I'm actually doing this. I'm actually mm-hmm. going to sit and talk to somebody that kind of gives fright. I had a client recently who she told me, she was like, I've been thinking about this since last year. Lord. And she said, um, she said, I was even debating today if I should really come. Mm-mm. So y'all. Step. What's the next? Is that it? <laughs> That's it. Make the <laughs> make the phone call. Make the phone call. Make <laughs> the ask, phone call. Ask if there's what the sliding scales See are. See if they slide on scale if you broke. Yes, or if, or if there's pro bono. If there's pro bono, so if there's do people the that do for free, do the paperwork and, and come to the and session. Come and be truthful when you come. Be very open and honest. Yes. But this, can I say one yeah, more thing? Go ahead. Um, clients, I know a lot of clients don't realize, and I, I think it kind of shocks them when I let them know. You know, a lot of times clients think, well, you know, if this doesn't work out, I can let the clinician go. We can fire you as clients too. Y'all can be fired. We're going to put that out there. And, and I say this because, like, you can keep going back to the doctor. You can. Um, with I'll say with me because this may not be every therapist. When I'm seeing a client, if you're not making any progress, or I feel like, okay, something's hindering the progress, I'll first ask you what's going on. Why aren't we making, or I'm not seeing the progress. And then if you say that, okay, well, you you just don't know, you're just not doing the work, then for me, this isn't going to work because you're not willing to put in the work because you only see me 50 to 60 minutes once a week. We can't solve anything. I'm not here to fix you. I'm here to give you the tools to help you. So if you're not willing to do the work, then for me, I'm wasting time. I'm wasting your time, and I'm wasting mine. And I can be helping somebody else who wants to do the work. I'm gonna tell y'all something. This has been great because it's a lot of us that's doing going through a lot. Yes. Let me tell y'all, life is not easy. Life can be difficult in places, but don't forget with the light, with the dark, there are there, there's light in there too. So let's not. Let's not make it so dreary. But at the same time, we go through death. We go through being unemployed. We go through uh, family issues, family difficulties that sometimes we're not strong enough to bear on our own. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with seeking help. And I'm saying this to myself as well. There's nothing wrong with reaching out and touching somebody that may can Hold something that you can't hold yourself. You know, we we like to push this Bible scripture out uh, so much. You know, the Lord won't give you more than you can bear. But sometimes we give ourselves more Mm -hmm. than we can bear. We put on things that we should not be putting on. We don't know how to let things go. We don't know how to give things up. So sometimes it's good to find people that can help us navigate the things that you know, that we need to close this chapter on, open this book up, and move on with our lives. I think the problem is, like I said before, is we get frustrated. Some of us get frustrated with our future. Some people get frustrated with their past. And then some people get frustrated with the now. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we need people to help us navigate those different areas of time. And there are people out there that are getting paid. There are people out there not just getting paid, but love to help people. Everybody's not out for the money. Some people just would will, will love to leave this world saying that their words or their work help people live a better life. Mm-hmm. And we have to understand that there are people out there just 
put your pride to the side and allow your life to be better. Because sometimes we're standing in the way of our own happiness. Absolutely. And most of the time, that's what it is. If you want to be happy, most of the time, it's you. You you the one. I mean, Kurt Frank said, do you want to be happy? It's a serious question. Do you really want to be happy? And sometimes it takes... I'm not saying a therapist is going to change your life 360 because it's a it's a it's a it's a partnership. They're there to give you the tools, but they're not going to walk their your life. They're not going to pop your your you out of you and jump in your body and right. live your life. You got to live it. They're going to give you some tools to help with that death. Yeah. They're going to give you some deal, some tools to help with that depression. They're going to give you some tools to help with your relationships, to help with that marriage. I think having a problem is sometimes we don't want the answer. We rather just live in the problem. <laughs> and that'll preach within itself. <laughs> um, but and and to give people some motivation, I think next week I'm gonna schedule my own therapy session. I'm gonna do a vlog about it. So I'm gonna take the first step and actually stop talking about it and, and I'm gonna do it. And um and I'm gonna do, and I'm gonna be open with mine. You know, everybody has a choice to be private, but I'm gonna be open about, you know, the experience, the walkthrough. I'm gonna walk y'all through me searching for. I'm gonna go through the steps that Angie was telling me about, and I'm gonna walk through it. And it's gonna be on the YouTube. So next week, y'all, if I can get an appointment, because I don't know, they might be busy. People just more crazy than they ever been. So if we can get, if I can get an appointment by this week, this next week coming up. It'll be on the YouTube that week. It'll be my therapy vlog that I'm going to push out just to help motivate people who may be contemplating that they need to speak to somebody. So somebody as prideful as me, if I can do it, not for the money, but just for Trent, then you can do it. So, Angie, you've been a great guest. Y'all, I've been in her house. This is the first time that I've been in her house, y'all. Stop it. I will stop it. Because she knows what I'm about to say. She rich, y'all. I ain't going to tell you where she live at, but she rich, y'all. She got a lot of money. <laughs> and uh, uh, Gary, if you're watching this, I know y'all got money. Let me buy $20. <laughs> we out here, y'all. Woo.